coming to you from the Spirit Lounge. I'm your host, Lily. With me is my co-host, Vanessa. And this is the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome to another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Yeah, coming back after another week off. Another week. I know. I feel like now, like how kids aren't even in school ever now. <laughs> it's like they're on break and they come back for one week of school and yeah. oh, another break. We have another week off again. <laughs> but yeah, so last weekend we were at the Parapod Awards. Woo! I know. Such a fun experience. It was exciting. Got to go to a new area. So the area was? Santa Clarita, California. Mm-hmm. Never been there before. Right. Such a nice, nice little town. Right. I guess it's a town, right? A I guess you could city, say. city, whatever. Well, you pointed out that it looked like a fake area. It did. It was almost like... um, Like a movie set. Yeah, like yeah. a movie little town, like a fake little town. Right. It, it was... was it was, it was adorable. So nice. It was so adorable. So freaking nice. Right. And the weather was so great. Oh, gosh. So sunny. So while everyone was having storms here <laughs> yes. in the Midwest, we were soaking up the rays. I know. And I feel, though, like we brought it back. Thankfully, it's about time. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for Man, this weather. I am so sick of the gloominess. I know. Yesterday was super sunny. Today, I can't really tell. It looks kind of Mind you, today's hazy. Easter Sunday for those of you that yes. are listening right now. Yes. So, it's Easter Sunday in the Midwest. Happy Easter. Happy, although, happy Easter, y'all. Although when, when you guys listen to this, it'll be like three days after it'll Easter. probably be like somebody's summer and they're like, <laughs> happy Easter. We're in the middle of June and July. Uh, but yeah, great, great weekend. Yeah. Last, last week. So we got to see a lot of, uh, podcasters. Yeah. A, a lot, lot of directors. Yeah. And I think that was awesome. Filmmakers. Yeah. A whole bunch of different people within the paranormal community. Mm-hmm. And I think what was cool too, is the fact that this was the first ever inaugural year. And they did a good job of it. Mm-hmm. it For was, being it was the cool. first, it was very good. Right. Right. And we got a picture with, uh. With Ben Hansen. Woo! I know, I know. Now, next time I see him on <laughs> <Fan> TV. <girls. laughs> that was cool. That was fun. And also, we got a picture with uh, Caroline Corey. Yes, yes. Fan girls again. Her her talk. Oh, wow. Yeah. That. So, I know. so for our listeners, you what they did was they had a lot of talks, a lot of different sessions mm-hmm. that you could go listen to right. and just kind of learn right. some of the topics that they had to share and caroline's was very very good it was so mind-blowing it's like she has a couple of films out yeah she's a filmmaker Mm -hmm. so she has one with william shatner yeah which i was like blown away by and that one i think i think she has a couple about like uh ufos ufology yeah and then this the the talk was about uh what was her life growing up and things making paranormal normal i think was the name of the topic was Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so she just talked about her life and growing up in this paranormal scene right uh and the ufo world as Mm -hmm. well so it was very interesting yeah so i mean if anybody out there is interested in any of that she does of course uh have a website have different films out she's on uh social so definitely go check her out also this was exciting we made a little appearance 
in Paranormality Magazine Woo. this this month. Woo! So latest issue of uh, Paranormality Magazine. It's the April issue, uh, number twenty four. It was exciting. Very exciting. I know. We were on page 31. And it's also on their online magazine yeah. as well. And so I was going through the the magazine, actually, and I came across this interesting article called Paranormal Pets. Oh. Yeah. And you, you have a dog. I do have so a I'm dog. So I'm sure that's why that intrigued you. Yes. <laughs> and so it's really about how animals are said to, almost kind of like kids, how they can... Sense. see sense i believe that. uh different things mm-hmm. you know paranormal things mm-hmm. and you know we've talked about my son before having done some weirdness <laughs> with regards to that <laughs> some sense but my dog too has done the same thing your dog boba yes he, named after boba fed yes <laughs> he is an australian shepherd shout out to boba <laughs> <laughs> he's always around whenever i'm writing writing stuff for the the podcast so he listens he likes it he's a fan <laughs> but yeah and and he hasn't done it just like once he's done it a couple of times like there was one time when me and my wife were just sitting in the living room one day it was at night and all of a sudden you know we're, we're watching tv and boba just laying there all of a sudden gets up like one of those rambunctious like get ups like somebody's here something Mm -hmm. happened let me go see right and so he got up like really loud and so we're like what the heck he usually doesn't do that unless somebody's here Mm -hmm. and so he gets up walks over to the kitchen and is staring like waiting for somebody yeah he's staring towards the hallway of the kitchen yeah and we're like what the heck like is somebody here that's the one that leads outside right yeah and so we went we went to go look you know we checked outside turned Mm -hmm. on the lights outside looking because it was dark out and nothing we're like what the heck and then i'm I'm calling boba like boba come on nobody's here right and he just looks at me and keeps and looks back and then he starts like barking he starts yeah he started barking like at nothing and so i was like what the heck is happening and i'm like i knew i'm like Mm he has to be seeing something i'm Mm -hmm. like that creeped me out like i got i got chills instantly oh for sure but it didn't feel like anything like bad Mm -hmm. but i mean that he could send something yeah that was just like one of the times like he's done that one of the many yeah Yeah. because you were recently telling me another story from your backyard something at night and you brought him back in and things like that i forgot about that that one actually as well but i feel like you have a lot of creepy tales that that happen in your backyard (laughs) at night and like the funny thing is though i think is that even though a lot of different things do happen i never feel like it's anything negative Mm -hmm. so i mean at least that kind of puts me at ease right which is good. So yeah. who knows? Who knows what it is? Um, if it's, you know, one of the many different spirits just traveling around right. here in the area right. or if it's somebody related to us, who knows? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I like to think that it's somebody that's related to us. So right. that kind of makes me feel a little good, a True. little happy, like maybe somebody is here. But yeah, this uh, this article from the magazine really captured me because a lot of people were talking about their experiences as well Mm -hmm. and they were talking about how you know according to pausechicago.org oh cute i know (laughs) 
uh, a dog's sense of smell can be a hundred thousand times greater than a human's. Oh, wow. They can hear sounds, obviously, of much higher frequencies. Uh, while their vision is less focused than ours, they are proven to have a wider field of view, night vision, and better sensitivity to physical movements. Hmm. So I'm like, that, that kind of makes, makes a lot of yeah, sense. That yeah, makes sense. So I don't know. Crazy, crazy stuff. But there's a lot of good stories in this magazine. So uh, definitely pick it up. They have print and digital issues available. Yeah, and they do have interesting stories. They do. They do. I, I just, actually ended up subscribing to it. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, good. So uh, what about today? What do we have going on for today's episode? Well, for today, we have a spooky bathhouse and an amusement park for the young at heart. So sit back, get comfortable and pull up a drink. But before we get into it, though, like always, let's talk about today's drink feature. So this one I am really excited about. Yeah. It looks fun. It's very fun. It's the Cotton Candy Spritzer. It has pink Moscato, a splash of sparkling pineapple, coconut flavored water. And then for a fun addition, we added a piece of cotton candy. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of going with one of the stories, the amusement park story. Yeah. So we wanted to capture that vibe. Yeah. So this I've been smelling it. It's been sitting here. Uh, my cotton candy is starting to disappear, though, so I need to hurry <laughs> up and drink it. That's, that's a sign to tell you to start drinking up. It You're smells wasting time. so good. It looks so freaking fun. You've already tried it, I'm sure. Cheers. Right? Yep, I have to, though. Like, that's just, you know, me. But I just figured this would be a fun addition to your story. And also, if you check out our, our Instagram Gosh, this is good. It has a fun picture on there. Okay, so this is good. This this makes me feel happy. It makes me feel like I'm outside, like it's sunny, it's summer. This is a great drink for summer vibes, It's a honestly. great drink for having when you're going to the amusement park. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too, because you kind of need that because of all the long lines and the kids screaming uh-huh. everywhere. So this would be great to pack along with your oh my gosh, yes. water bottles and stuff. <laughs> and I love the little touch of cotton candy. Yeah, isn't oh, it fun? Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Yeah, the picture the picture really captures the fun vibes that we were trying to go for. Mm-hmm. It's so so amusement perky. Mm-hmm. This is good. I love the the sparkling. Yeah, like the bubbly effects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I taste the so I, I taste obviously the moscato. Mm-hmm. And I taste a little bit of the pineapple. It's not like so crazy in your face. Mm-hmm. So can you taste the coconut? I know you don't like coconut, so I was hoping mm-hmm. you couldn't. I cannot. I'm sorry. I'm eating the cotton candy. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Um, I cannot taste the coconut. Oh, at, good. At all. That's good. Mm-mm. I just taste the the Moscato. And pineapple. And the pineapple. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what I did, too, with mine, I kind of threw in a little bit of the cotton candy in to dissolve for an extra flavor. I've seen that. I've seen a couple of um, recipes where they put the cotton candy in and then they pour everything on top of it. So it's kind of like dissolves. Oh, that's cool. They usually do that whenever they're trying to be fancy and they're preparing yeah. it in front of you, though. Oh, yeah. But so, we needed this for a picture. Right. Moments. So. so this is super good. I love it. I I think like there's nothing special about it. Right. It's, it's simple. just like a good mix of quick. good flavors. Yeah. I think anybody could totally put mm-hmm. this together mm-hmm. for any type of gathering. This is fun. Yeah. This is kind of like almost one of those like um, punch bowl type of drinks oh, yeah. where you can just mix up in like a big like container of sorts and right. you're good to go. Right. That's easy. Mm-hmm. So I'd say in terms of ranking. So out of five. Out of five. What do you say? What do you say? Um, I'm going to say I would really say four and a half, probably. Uh 
I think I'm going to say the same thing. Four and a half, just mm-hmm. because too. I love the feeling that I get from it. And it's just so fresh. It's refreshing. Yeah. I like it. It's four fun. and a half. Four since, and a half. Since you have the amusement park, I'm going to say four and a half clowns. Four and a half scary <laughs> Ooh, clowns. Killer clowns. <laughs> killer clowns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thanks for this great drink. You're very welcome. Super love it. Because you actually didn't even tell me what it was. No, no. Because you're like, I'm going to surprise yesterday, you. Yesterday, because it was your wife's birthday yes, we were celebrating. Yes. So anyway, so Lily asked me, she's like, so what ingredients did you get together? Mm-hmm. She knew what drink we were making. Mm-hmm. But I didn't tell her. I'm like, I can't tell you because I want to save it for tomorrow. I want to see what you think. <laughs> yeah. So it was a, a surprise. A good surprise, though. Like, I can't, I can't even stop drinking it. Just it's so good. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So now that we have our drink, let's get into our first story. Sounds good. Interested in taking a dip in a mineral spa? Some claimed it cured ailments Yet others said the water had healing properties. Whatever it is that ails you, the original Springs Hotel and bathhouse had that special something to heal you of your aches and pains. But if you are willing to book your stay at this hotel, well, don't be surprised by the paranormal vibes you will be feeling. There are many interesting spirits that call the hotel home and you may just get a sense of their presence as they linger past you during your stay. Located in Ockerville, Illinois, at 506 North Hanover Street, the original Springs Hotel was quite the resort in 1867. I'm going to take a step back and take you to the beginning. Rudolph Pluggy the owner of a harness and saddle shop, was needing water one day and decided to dig up a well. This was an important source and easy access for his business. Rudolph would go to the well daily and fetch water. He began noticing leaks in his tin kettle he always used. Thinking it was odd and not having an explanation, he took it to Michael Bogelli, the local tinsmith. Rudolph complained to him that his kettle was no good and asked why he sold such inferior products. To please Mr. Pluggy, since he wanted return customers, Michael replaced the kettle with a copper one. The days following, Rudolph noticed the copper kettle also began to develop leaks. Hearing about Mr. Pluggy's problems he was having, Since news traveled quickly in such a small area, Dr. James McLean Sr., a local medical man, wanted to test the water. He was curious and wanted to see if the water itself was his dilemma. Dr. McLean discovered that it indeed had a high mineral content. Local merchant August Schultze put up $25 for a more thorough test of the water. A delivery wagon that made regular trips to St. Louis, took the water to a professor, Eno Sanders, who ran his own tests and found the presence of eight different minerals with the highest content being iron. The water, it was reported, was comparable to the Carlsbad baths in Germany and the renowned hot springs in Arkansas. When Dr. McWayne heard about the test, 
he made arrangements to have one of his rheumatic patients who was not responding to any other treatments come bathe in the water. The man was almost immediately cured. Within a short time, Pluggy got in touch with a German farmer, C.H. Kelly, who had once worked at the Carlsbad Baths in his home country, and together they established a small bathhouse, which opened on September 16, 1868. The business venture really took off as news spread about the bathhouse. In 1884, the wife of Reverend J.F. Shirebaum of Edwardsville came to Aukaville to take in the waters. At this time, she was said to have been a hopeless invalid and had visited all of the best doctors in St. Louis who offered her no relief from her pains and ailments. She came to Aukaville, bathed in the water, and was restored to perfect health. She was so overjoyed that she convinced her husband and several other ministers in the German Evangelical Church to buy Pluggy's business and build a hotel on the site. By September of 1884, plans were made to build the hotel. It was to be a grand structure made of brick that would hold dining rooms, a large kitchen, and 46 rooms. Work was started right away, but tragically, the brick design would prove to be too costly and the hotel was built from wood instead. The new Mineral Wells Hotel was dedicated on May 28, 1885, with a large crowd in attendance. A new and luxurious bathhouse was also built to match the newly built hotel, as well as an engine room to provide heat. Shirebaum purchased a used threshing machine engine for the engine house, but unfortunately, it exploded, scolding him, C.L. Schultze, and a man named Meyer, who later died from his burns. This was the first death to occur on the site. Sadly, it would not be the last. In 1890, the Mineral Wells Hotel was sold to J.W. Schreiner of St. Paul, Minnesota. Schreiner had taken a trip to Illinois to take in the waters and was so relieved of his problems with his rheumatism that he offered to buy the hotel and bathhouse. Schreiner became very much involved with the local community and served as the fire chief and later as Oakville's mayor. Although the hotel and bathhouse was thriving, tragedy struck on November 8, 1891. A fire swept through the entire Mineral Wells Hotel, leaving only small ruins in the aftermath. The fire was blamed on an exploding lamp, but to this day, the true cause of the blaze remains a mystery. However, in 1892, word spread that the fire had actually been a result of arson. Apparently, someone had borne a grudge against the former owners of the hotel and not realizing that it had been purchased by Schreiner, had broken in and had spread coals from the furnace on the wooden floors. Whether this story was true or not, 
has never been discovered. Schreiner immediately rebuilt the hotel with the help of his brother. The plan was to reopen for the June rush, and by June 10th, they were officially open for the season. Floods of people were ready to be back. One newspaper stated, quote, And none too soon either, for the irresistible flood of bathers is coming rapidly and taxing the capacity of hotels and boarding houses here, end quote. The following month, the Mineral Wells Hotel changed its name to the original Aukville Mineral Springs in hopes to beat their copycats. In 1900, the Schreiner brothers sold the hotel back to Reverend Shirebaum due to the death of one of the brothers. In 1904, the Reverend passed away and his wife took over the hotel until her death in 1911. Their son Ben took over as the new owner and the following year he married Alma Schultze. Unfortunately, their marriage became pretty rocky and in 1916, after about four years of marriage, Alma left Ben. Ben fell into a state of depression due to her leaving. He tried searching for Alma for a few days and had no luck. He even asked her parents if they knew where she was but they did not give him any information. Ben returned to the empty hotel since it was closed for the season. Five days later, a traveling salesman came to the original Springs. Although it was closed for the season, the man managed to walk in due to the front door being unlocked. No one was at the front desk, so the man called out, but there was no response. The man began to walk down the hall in search of someone that could give him some information or help him out. He noticed a corridor that veered off the left near the bathhouse. As he continued, he noticed a large pool of dried blood on the floor. He then saw Ben slumped against the wall. In his lap was a double-barreled shotgun and next to it was a curtain rod that had been used to pull the trigger. He also found several letters and his wife's photograph lying near him on the floor. Nearby was a letter that had been written to his father-in-law, Mr. Schultze, asking him to call the coroner and his brother Dan, and then to, quote, forget the whole matter, end quote. Ben had taken his own life in despair over losing his beloved Alma. Over the next several years, the hotel saw many owners and many more upgrades. By late 1929, Conrad Payabin took over the hotel just as the Great Depression was making its way in. Conrad had many new renovations in mind for the hotel. Although Conrad had big ideas, they were no match for the drastic changes that were happening with the sign of the times. In May of 1933, Conrad committed suicide by poisoning himself. The management of the hotel was taken over by two of its employees, Tom Rogers and Louis Ellard, along with the help of a local banker, W.G. Frank. Rogers, like the previous owners, had many new ideas up his sleeves in order to bring in more patrons to the hotel. Eventually, 
World War II was in existence, which caused many people to keep close to home. Due to the war being the focus in the eyes of society, the hotel was quiet most of the time. Rogers quit promoting the hotel, and soon his grand vision and the direction he wanted to take the hotel in started to dwindle. He had a few customers from time to time. He began just walking the empty hallways of the once active hotel. Finally, in March of 1962, the hotel saw yet another death. Rogers was found dead in room 350. In the years to follow, the hotel would see many more renovations, as well as new owners. The last change in ownership was to Don and Mary Renegarb. Since taking over the building and continuing to the present day, the Renegarbs have worked to restore the building to its former glory. So, what lurks behind the walls or walks the halls of the original Springs Hotel? Well, the team of the A&E show Ghost Hunters have investigated this hotel. On the show, the hotel owners spoke about staff reporting items moving around behind their backs and seeing apparitions throughout the building. But that's nothing compared to what guests have experienced. Staff members and desk clerks started to tell of strange noises that they heard in the building at night, including pacing footsteps in otherwise empty hallways, figures that were sometimes seen out of the corner of the eye, doors that opened and closed by themselves, the tinkling sound of old-time music that echoed in the corridor. One guest felt someone pressing on their legs at night in room 350 and was so spooked that she left immediately, telling staff the place was too spooky for her liking. Other guests that book a stay in the Erie Hotel hope to stay in room 350 to catch some sort of activity. The floor is known by staff and guests to have a paranormal vibe with many witnessing apparitions. Some third floor dwellers claim they heard loud bangs outside their door in the middle of the night, and others confirmed their suspicions of spiritual presence by reviewing photos from their trip in which a ghostly presence appeared. The third floor isn't the only place for hot spots. Some claim They saw a figure on the second floor, which seemed to have a friendly energy. The second floor is strictly avoided by some staff who say they often hear noises coming from vacant rooms. One guest even asked to be moved after arriving in their room and seeing another guest in there, but no one had checked in. If you're still interested in a stay at this Illinois hotel, Do not forget your ghost hunting equipment because you are sure in for a wild stay. With the magical mineral waters, the supernatural atmosphere, and tragic history of the original Springs Hotel, this building has a residual aura that seems to surround it and those that dare come near it. 
And that was my story of the original Springs Hotel. So, Lily, would you want to stay here? I actually would. I didn't know, like, towards the end when you said you could stay there still. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds cool. I know. Actually, I did ask my husband, or actually, I did say, so, I think I know what I want for my birthday. So, (laughs) mind you, my birthday is in the summer. Right. And he goes, so what is it? I said, I think I want to stay at a haunted hotel. (laughs) What did he say? And so he's like, who are you going with? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, not me. Yeah, pretty much. That's actually hilarious. Yeah. So just to recap, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rogers was the one that was found in room 350, but no one knew why he had died. Well, and that was my... Okay, so obviously it was the first guy. So Ben, Conrad, and then Rogers Mm -hmm. committed suicide. Right. Did you say why Conrad committed suicide? I didn't, I don't know if I heard that. Was it just because he was like so overwhelmed with everything that was happening with him owning the hotel now? So I think so. I just, I mean, I didn't really see that there was really anything, Mm -hmm. but so Mm -hmm. Ben, we know why. Right. That in part, I thought was kind of sad. Right. That was sad. Yeah. And so, no, I didn't see anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and then also Rogers, since they didn't find anything that, you know, to prove his death, they just kind of wrote it off as a suicide. Oh, so they don't even know. Mm -mm. So the thing is, though, as I was reading, mm-hmm. I noticed that it seemed as though Rogers kind of fell into depression, mm-hmm. although other people didn't see any signs of it. But yeah. they did say he was pretty eccentric. OK. And so he had a lot of ideas going into the hotel and it yeah. seemed like he really wanted to see it thrive. And he had big ideas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he actually threw lavish parties, like wow. big parties. Okay. He had like a lot of crowds come in as well at when he first started Mm -hmm. so there would be music and dance and this and that but eventually with the war and things just it started to diminish that's crazy so i think honestly i want to say he was depressed or something which is weird so i mean essentially you have three people here that committed suicide yeah which is wild I don't know what to think about that. Like, is there something in this building that was kind of trying to yeah. lead them to like, that? Was, is, was you there already an I, existing yeah, spirit that I, I wondered mm-hmm. the exact same question? Because that's odd. Yeah. Yeah. And in my research, I also found a passage on Haunted Illinois mm-hmm. that said, in addition to the magnetic qualities of the underground water here have served to make the hotel into a giant, quote, storage battery. The atmosphere of the old place Mm -hmm. has been soaking up events, sights and sounds for many years. And as with any good residual haunting, these events replay themselves over and over again like a recording. Yeah. So they might think that possibly the mineral water has something to do with it. Wow. I would have never thought that, but that's kind of interesting as well. Neither would I. I I never crossed my mind. And I mean, that whole concept of mineral water having any kind of healing properties right. to me is so odd I know. but like, i mean i guess that was a big deal back back so in the day if you're intrigued by that mm-hmm. and if you're wondering if you do go to stay at this place they actually do have a, a little so to speak spa package oh for so you. you can still do you it you can soak <gasps> in the mineral water i'm kind of intrigued i want to try it <laughs> like okay so of course i'd want to try it too um <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a part of me wonders if it's 
what is that like psychosomatic like if you believe that it's gonna happen well, if something's gonna happen yeah. i mean it's just like how we how we talk about yeah. with like your energy yeah whatever you bring with yourself anywhere you go mm-hmm. chances are that's gonna happen you know you're putting that out into the universe right so i mean with all these people that you said oh they're sick or yes. you know whatever it was and they couldn't find any kind of medications that help them then coming here right it helped them mm-hmm. it's like well is it because you really really 100 percent believe right. that it was gonna totally. help you totally i i don't know well you know my thing is you know i don't know if you've seen online that little meme that says back and body hurts <laughs> <laughs> i would love to take a soak and see what happens <laughs> gosh well i mean if it works i'll be right there too i'm like well tell me if it works <laughs> tell me it, tell me if it works and then i'll go in well it says i looked up the package actually yeah. just you know in case i want to do it possibly so it says a spa admission provides a mineral bath the use of the dry heat room the use of the heated indoor swimming pool locker and shower facilities so it says paid hotel gas is 15 dollars outside guests is 25 dollars. oh so you can just go do the spa and and then i can 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 leave sayonara yeah that's i mean i'd want to stay and they do have senior discounts and resident discount so like if you're from there if you're oh okay. from the area so i'm like how much wondering. How, did you see how much it is to stay at the hotel so during the week it's cheaper mm-hmm. it's about 80 bucks during the week that's like cheap that's super oh cheap and then on the okay. weekends the rate goes up up to about 100 bucks but that's mm-hmm. still not that bad that's not bad and to be honest i think this is the place i want to go to for my birthday <laughs> is it is it close to anything like i've never heard no, of this town actually, even no, i don't know where this is it really isn't okay. it's like a little little area but so i'm assuming it's down south southern illinois i think so yeah but honestly in comparison to the villisca house which is what 30 300 God. bucks you know i'm like okay i'll go here (laughs) that would be so cool to go and just kind of capture some footage if right if you know the spirits lend themselves to it wow don't you that would be exciting i would Uh, love to do that i i absolutely would want to go yeah and i think more so than anything just because (laughs) first number one obviously to to do just the normal investigation and see if anything does pop up right and then to stay in in a haunted hotel, mm-hmm. I, I love doing mm-hmm. that definitely. But also more than anything, because I want to try that freaking mineral water. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point, though, in the past, they were yeah. actually bottling up the water. Yeah, I do. You remember when we did the 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 mineral springs in Alton, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, that's what they were doing. So these people were yeah. doing that too because they were um, trying to compete with another place i want to say it was minnesota or michigan okay Okay. anyway they had their uh minerals as well right and so here they were like okay we're gonna compete with them and we're gonna try to bottle it up but they had to stop that because it wasn't a healthy thing obviously right and i think that's why they ended up all eventually shutting down because they became federally regulated and you mean you don't want to bathe in somebody else's and water it's not, and it's not real <laughs> and it's they, not they, real they couldn't what, something about how they they couldn't say that it promoted those health, health yeah those benefits yeah yeah because it i mean according to the government it wasn't true darn you government <laughs> so all of that stopped making my hopes and dreams go down the drain but i mean again it's literally it's kind of like i mean like what is that the the homeopathic remedies oh yeah you know right. 
a lot of those things also obviously aren't government regulated and it's really just whatever you think, whatever you feel. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people do swear by that kind of stuff. I yeah, I like that stuff, too. So whether it it is and it it does have some sort of healing properties or if it is just a matter of people believing in it and mm-hmm. just willing themselves to feel better. Right. Well, I'm about it. I'm willing right. to try it. Also, to entice you, they also yeah. offer massages there. <laughs> <laughs> they have Swedish, if that's right up your alley. <laughs> that that sounds good, though. I mean, they offer packages of they various kinds. I'm like, it's a, it, they're about it. Here's the thing, though. It looks like they're. They kept their aesthetics uh, to the time. So it's all old timey. Right. Okay. So, but the stuff that they offer though, I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm, look at you moving up in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah. I would totally do it. It doesn't seem like should. it's too far from here. You, <laughs> you need to figure out where it's at yeah. and make it happen. Road trip birthday road trip (laughs) we'll end up in the room next to you we'll be there too that'd be amazing i'll be like i want room 350 the birthday girl room we'll call it that i think you should do it maybe we can make it happen done it's done let's say it's happening it's it'll happen we'll we'll talk about it we'll talk about it again mind you my birthday isn't until july so it's still forever away i'm already planning it but after this story, wow. So in August, we'll record that you went to. We'll recap in August. <laughs> You'll ask me, so did you ever go to the hotel? No. no never went. Never went. What did you end up doing? Nothing. Okay. Great. Happy birthday. <laughs> no, I think you should, though. It'd be, it sounds like a great one. I don't even know where this town is. No. So never heard of this place at all, but I think you should go. It looks like it's in southern Illinois. Yeah. Cool story. I love the fact that ghost hunters did a thing I on know, it. I know. Me too. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the great story. Yep. So uh, when we come back, we'll have our second story. Right now, let's take a short break for a message from our affiliate. How would you like to get back to enjoying books? I know sometimes we don't always have the time for that, but with Audible, it's absolutely possible. Audible is the internet's leading provider of great titles. Now you can enjoy all your audio entertainment in one place. You'll always find the best of what you love and always find something new to discover. Audible offers an incredible selection of audiobook titles across every genre. From bestsellers and new releases to mysteries and thrillers, motivation, wellness, paranormal, and much more. It also includes thousands of podcasts from popular favorites, including ours. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Now, I'm actually an Audible member myself, and I can't tell you how convenient it's been for me. I love reading, but I don't always have the time to just sit, focus, and enjoy reading a book all the way through. We all have busy lives and all have a lot of stuff going on. But with Audible, I can read and do something else at the same time. 
The Audible app makes it easier for me to spend more time listening to and finishing great titles, just like I did with one of my favorites, Life with the Afterlife by Amy Bruni. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. So head on over and start listening. Just visit audibletrial.com slash haunted happy hour. That's audibletrial.com slash haunted happy hour. All right, and we're back now with our next story about Kings Island Amusement Park in Mason, Ohio. Kings Island, a popular amusement park located in Mason, Ohio, first opened its gates on April 29, 1972. Built by the Taft Broadcasting Company, the park was dubbed Kings Island as a tribute to Kings Mills, the town where the park was built, and after its famous predecessor, Cincinnati's Coney Island, which had closed its doors in September of the previous year. For many Midwesterners and beyond, Kings Island is the place to be every summer. It seems like every generation has its own Kings Island memories. From classic rides like the Scrambler to water rides, roller coasters, and live shows, there's something for everyone to enjoy. But what non-locals aren't always aware of is that Kings Island is also known for its paranormal activity. Whether it's due to the history of the land or the tragic on-site accidents, the reports of paranormal activity only add to the appeal of this well-known amusement park. In the late 1960s, Gary Walks, son of Coney Island owner Ralph Walks, grew tired of constantly needing to clean up the park after the frequent flooding due to its location on the banks of the Ohio River. Gary contemplated ways of moving and expanding the old Coney Island to a point of one day rivaling Disneyland. Meanwhile, Charlie Meckham, who was at the time the CEO of Cincinnati-based Taft Broadcasting, was reflecting on his own idea. He wanted to promote Taft's Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters in amusement parks using Disney as the roadmap. One day, at lunch with Roy Disney, the two were discussing his idea when Roy told him You have the finest small amusement park in America right in your backyard, Coney Island. Go see about working with them, he suggested. Meckham, of course, took Disney's advice. Soon after, in 1969, Taft and Coney Island announced they were building a new amusement park together in Warren County. The existing Coney Island Park closed in 1971 with plans for the new park to be opened the following year. Kings Island opened on time with a price tag of $31 million, or about $214 million in today's dollars. When the new park opened, critics actually questioned whether anyone would pay the $6 admission fee to get into the park, 
considering the old Coney Island used to be free. Needless to say, critics were wrong. In its first season, Kings Island saw more than 2 million people enter its gates, which was double Coney Island's total attendance in its final year. Not surprisingly, one of the biggest draws to the park were the roller coasters. Over the years, Kings Island has added many more roller coasters, including the Beast. It was marketed as the biggest, baddest, longest, fastest coaster in the world, which it was when it opened in 1979. Much of the park's impressive attendance is owed to the fact that Taft Broadcasting was able to use its Hollywood connections to promote the park beyond Cincinnati. In August of 1972, just a few months after the park opened, the Partridge family filmed the episode called I Left My Heart in Cincinnati at Kings Island. Then, in 1973, the Brady Bunch also filmed an episode on location at the park, with the Brady kids riding the Racer roller coaster. Then, that death-defying daredevil, Evil Knievel, came to Kings Island to perform his most successful jump in 1975. He rode his motorcycle down a launch ramp and soared over 14 Greyhound buses, which got the highest ratings on ABC's Wide World of Sports. Having just celebrated its 50th anniversary last year, Kings Island is still riding high on its golden milestone, still creating memories as a popular destination for people of all ages, even for those thrill-seekers and paranormal enthusiasts. What many tourists aren't familiar with, though, is that oddly enough, the park is known to be a paranormal hotspot. In an unusual revelation, past all the roller coasters and the midway, along the edge of the north end of the parking lot, lies an old cemetery dating back to the 1840s. The cemetery was originally created by farmer John D. Hoff as a final resting place for his family. The burial grounds were eventually purchased by the King family who bought the property to expand their King's Mill Powder Company. When Gary Walks bought the land to build King's Island, they decided that rather than interfere with the burial grounds, they would simply build a park around the cemetery. There are nearly 70 grave sites in the cemetery. However, only about 50 headstones still stand today. One spirit, which is also the most widely seen and documented spirit at the park, is said to roam the edge of the parking lot around the cemetery. This spirit is said to be that of a little girl in a blue dress. Some have pointed out that her dress resembles something from the 19th century, thereby predating the park. Some have come to refer to the little girl as Missouri Jane. This is because in the cemetery 
there's a tombstone of a little girl who people believe is that same girl many have seen. The tombstone names the girl as Missouri Jane and reads, In memory of Missouri Jane, daughter of Stephen B. and Nancy Galliner, who departed this life March 10th, 1846, aged five years, eight months, and 11 days. According to stories, a little girl with blonde hair and a blue dress is most often seen running in front of trams in the parking lot. She's said to be a very playful spirit and enjoys jumping out in front of cars heading toward the exit. On top of that, there's also been quite a few accidents in the park, with a number of them resulting in deaths on the property. In 1976, in the Wild Animal Safari Ride, a Safari County Ranger left his Jeep and was mauled to death by a lion. This site is now occupied by the Son of Beast roller coaster and a storage area. In 1983, at a grad night event at the park, a young man named John Hartare climbed into the restricted areas of the Eiffel Tower attraction and fell down an elevator shaft to his death. Then, on June 9, 1991, as reported by the New York Times, was the worst day in park history and was dubbed Black Sunday. On this day, three park visitors died and one was hospitalized. According to a June 10th Associated Press story, two 20-year-old men, one of them a Kings Island employee, were electrocuted to death in a pond and a woman fell to her death. The two men who died apparently were trying to rescue another man from the pond that, unknown to them, had a short in the electric lighting under the water. In a separate accident, the woman was killed in a fall from the flight commander ride shortly before 10 p.m. With so many tragedies on the grounds, it's not out of the ordinary for some people to make reports on activity related to these incidents. The spirit of John Hartare is said to be seen wandering around the fountain in front of the Eiffel Tower or still hanging from the tower. Electrical malfunctions that happen from time to time are blamed on John and any unexplained sensor trips are known as Johnny's to the staff. Another frequently seen apparition is one that some refer to as Racer Boy. He tends to appear near the tracks of Racer, the wooden roller coaster. Several accounts state that two of the cars on the Racer are from an old ride called the Shooting Star, which was originally from the old Coney Island. Stories say that when the Shooting Star was in operation at Coney Island, a boy was sitting alone in the last car. When the coaster pulled in at the end of the ride, he was missing. His body was found beside the tracks, 
apparently having been thrown off. Now, guests commonly report seeing a small boy standing close to the tracks of the racer wooden coaster. Of course, with the park being in operation for over five decades, hosting millions of visitors and employees, and unfortunately, enduring numerous tragedies, these are not the only spirits associated with King's Island. Regardless of the numerous stories and legends that seem to fill the park, today, King's Island remains one of the most popular amusement parks in the U.S. The mysterious and unexplainable stories have become a part of the park's folklore, only adding an extra layer of intrigue to the already exciting and entertaining attractions that the park has to offer. So, Kings Island Amusement Park. Yeah, I have never heard of this one. I, I've heard of it mm-hmm. just as a normal normal amusement park. I never knew, though, mm-hmm. that it had paranormal activity. Yeah. Whenever you think of a place mm-hmm. with paranormal activity, you don't usually think of an amusement park. Yeah, like a kiddie yeah. playland type yeah. of deal, right? But it's crazy, you know, just obviously when you think about it, Places like this do have stuff happen, you know, tragedies, accidents, whatever it is. And then on top of that, this one has a cemetery to attach so to it. So it kind of makes you wonder, like I was wondering throughout the whole thing. Yeah. With, you know, the deaths and things mm-hmm. that occurred, I almost wonder if other amusement parks will remain unnamed. <laughs> right. Maybe have some sort of activity as well. I wouldn't be surprised. Because, you know, you hear a lot of things in the headlines. Yes. That, you know, people happens. die mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. I've never thought about that, actually. Neither, neither did I until right now that you're bringing <laughs> it up. I wouldn't be surprised. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Stuff mm-hmm. happens. And like you said, though, this place has that cemetery nearby. I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting mm-hmm. that they didn't want to disturb it. Yeah. That was kind of cool, though. It it was cool. And something that I actually came across. Okay, so some people obviously say that, you know, when they were building it, mm-hmm. they tried to, to be careful with the cemetery. But it said that workers inadvertently paved over a grave or oh, possibly geez. graves, multiple. Oh, man. When creating what is now the park's guest parking lot. Hmm. Because of that, some people mm-hmm. do say that, you know, maybe there is a, you know, either one or multiple agitated spirits. Makes sense. Kind of just disturbing right. their resting place. And some people think that it's the spirit of the little girl. So, so she technically would her gravesite is that what you're saying would be underneath the parking lot right because so some people say that it's the spirit of missouri jane who is the little girl in the blue dress okay so some people say that that's who it is Mm -hmm. there's a tombstone in the cemetery for this missouri jane Mm -hmm. but then other people think that it's somebody else who another little girl who her burial her burial was paved over 
Yikes. And there, I think it was since 1980, they had said that about 17 tombstones have actually gone missing oh from gosh. the cemetery. So I don't know if it's whether, you know, they're expanding and, you know, like I said, accidentally or inadvertently, oh whatever gosh. you want to say, yeah. paving over that, paving over those areas uh-huh. and expanding right. or if people are, I don't know, taking them. Wow. Well, I don't know if they're paving over them. It's like, oh, my gosh, why don't you really think about it? Right. What if it's one of your loved ones? Exactly. Oh, my gosh, that's so sad. Yeah. So I don't know whoever whoever that spirit is of of that little girl. You know, some some say that it's possible she's Mm -hmm. now because that would roaming about until her her burial is restored that's too bad yeah so so that's sad depending on you know what story you believe if it's that one or if it's missouri jane not Mm -hmm. sure partridge family question mark brady bunch question mark yeah did you ever watch those episodes so i was trying to think when you were reading it so the partridge family one no Mm -hmm. i did see partridge family here and there but Anyway, but the Brady Bunch mm-hmm, one, I know mm-hmm. you and I watched Brady Bunch yeah, like a lot. Yeah, we did. I don't remember that one. Do you remember that one? No, I don't think so. I remember the Hawaii one. I think oh, I remember Hawaii. the Hawaii one. Yeah. <laughs> With the amulet or whatever it was. Yeah. No, I don't remember them going here. Neither do I. Neither do I. So I, I got curious after I need that. To I'm look like, back. I have to go look. Did you look? No, I didn't. Oh, I need to look back in the archives. Yeah. The Brady Bunch archives. So <laughs> yeah, those those were cool though. And it's it's crazy to think about how, you know, this all started out kind of trying to want to mimic Disney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with what is it, Yogi Bear and whoever the rest of those Hanna Barbera. Yeah. yeah, those were fun cartoons. I love those. Was it Flintstones too? I yeah. think. Yeah. Those were great cartoons. Yeah. So that was that was an interesting. You remember they would have one. the Olympics, the Hanna Barbera Olympic oh, I episodes. Do. I those do were that one. Fun. So what was it like? The villains versus yeah. the good guys. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. I, I, wasn't there like a white, a white horse or a white? Gosh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember the name of those. It's funny because I don't really remember the mm-hmm. names right. of these Hanna Barbera cartoon characters. characters. Yeah. I remember the way they looked. Right? Wasn't there like a blue dog? There was. Who was he? Huckleberry? Was that yeah, Huckleberry? Huckleberry Hound? Yeah. Yes, I remember him. I remember Yogi. Yeah. I remember the his little friend. I don't remember who the little friend oh, was. Oh, gosh. I don't remember him either. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, they needed to do better marketing. <laughs> they were cute, though. They were. It was a good concept. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we watched them all the time, we so did. that was fun. What was it? Saturday mornings? Yeah. Saturday so. morning cartoons? Yeah. Love those. Yeah, those are great. But another interesting thing, uh, which actually kind of ties into yours, Ghost Hunters went to do uh, an episode here as well. Hmm. on uh on the park so did they shut down the whole park for them or I think what they did because be it, awesome. it wasn't open because they even said their first comment when they got out of the car to the one of the guys that was going to walk them around mm-hmm. was like man this this looks like a ghost town and everything <laughs> was like shut down i would have requested a ride on one of the <laughs> the rides or something perhaps the beast or something well i mean now that you're hearing about all these people getting thrown off well, that's true that's i don't want to do any of that <laughs> but what was weird is that they had said that there has been activity reported since it opened. So obviously even more so goes to back to the spirit of the little girl, Mm -hmm. you know, with the cemetery, like I think. So when they started kind of talking through with uh, when Ghost Hunters crew started talking Mm -hmm. with uh, one of the guys that was walking around from the park, he had mentioned, too, that 
back in like just talking about the land itself back in the day in like the 1800s until the 1950s there was a munitions gunpowder plant yeah. there on that property yeah and in 1942 there was a couple of big explosions killing about 100 oh my people gosh. Yeah. yikes and so many people believe that those uh, are some of the spirits that now haunt the park that would make sense as well right yeah so i mean because like i like i had said yeah some of these accidents did result in in tragedies like the the accidents from from the attractions Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of other side stories yeah yeah like i didn't put them i didn't put them all gosh but i was like man this area it's really active actually when they were doing their investigation Mm -hmm. they went into the kitchen of they had called it the international restaurant and they said that there a lot of staff hear unexplained noises like pots and pans clattering about on their own footsteps and even apparitions at night when no one else is around and then around the front gate area which is right below the restaurant is where a lot of sightings of a little girl in a blue dress. So again, the little girl. Oh, yeah. So she's like pretty much like all over the place. And it was crazy because I I actually went back to watch this episode. And while they were recording, yeah, they were catching like odd light anomalies in in hmm. the frame. Yeah. Yeah. So it, while they were in the restaurant. And so that that was that was crazy. That was odd. Wow. And then, you know, they went on to talk about a couple of other different spots that I didn't I didn't really touch on. Uh, There's an attraction called the Whitewater Canyon Tower. And again, people have reported a little girl giggling or laughing. Oh, wow. So not sure if it's another little girl or if it's the same one. But I thought that was odd. Like either it's the same little girl that's extremely active all over the park, which is huge. Yeah. Or if there's multiple. That's wild. Yeah. Hmm. But when they were talking about the little girl, Mm -hmm. they actually captured a couple of EVPs in the restaurant that they believed to be either this girl in the blue dress or another little girl didn't really know which one. But the the EVP was actually sad. Um, So they captured a little girl. It was a young female voice. Mm -hmm. And it said, find my mom. (gasps) That is sad. I know. I was like, oh, that's so sad. Like, oh, geez. You know, I would have liked for them to kind of try to figure out, you know, what it is that she needed or how right. to how to how, get her. how to get her mom right. or how to do something, you know. But, you know, all they did was kind of capture that. And oh, that's too bad. Prove that there is a little girl on the premises. Right. So that was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's really intense. So it was a good episode. Like anybody out there is interested in. Uh, watching the Ghost Hunters episode on the park. I do recommend it. Interesting to to see what it is that they catch. And some of the locations that people do say uh, have some activity or have reported activity, they did kind of try to debunk a couple of things. So in their eyes, they kind of disproved some some activity in some locations. But there is no denying that the park, no matter what, no matter how you look at it, does have activity oh definitely Mm -hmm. that was a good Mm -hmm. one though good episode yeah uh so good story before we actually close up the episode for today though yeah i wanted to give a shout out to the midwest spirit seekers because we actually won 
one of their giveaways. Woo-hoo. Yeah, with some with some cool merch. Ooh, that's awesome. So waiting to get to get that merch in the mail and then go around sporting that stuff. But the Midwest Spirit Seekers, though, they're actually a paranormal investigation team near the Twin Cities, and they post some really great stuff on their socials. Uh, one that really caught me, though, that I still think about. Mm-hmm. They posted an EVP from the Velisca Axe Murder House. Oh, wow. And again, on, on the subject of sad EVPs, yeah. <laughs> this one was caught in the girls' room, one of the girls' rooms, uh-huh. and it said, hurry, he's coming. <gasps> oh, yeah. my god! And gosh. it was like a little, like, it sounded like a female, like a young female voice oh, coming through. That's so sad. So I was like, oh, my uh, gosh. So they caught like a lot of EVPs there when they went to go visit. I think it was, I want to say about a year ago. Wow. Yeah. So that would be a great place to go um, catch some recordings. Right. I mean, so if you don't go to your spa, <laughs> you can go You can go to the Velisca house. Velisca is a little hefty for my, for my purse, purse budget. <laughs> that'll, that'll count for your birthday for I'll like the to, next five years. That's true. I'll have to save up if I really want to do that one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, check out the Midwest Spirit Seekers. They have a Facebook, Instagram, and I believe a website as well. Oh, okay. So thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, if you're a fan of the show, consider leaving us a five-star rating. Leave us a few words. Tell us why you love the show. Or you can even just buy us a drink on our Kofi page. It's like a virtual tip jar. Your support is always greatly appreciated. You can find our Kofi link and other important tidbits in our show notes. So until next time, thanks for joining us for another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. I'm Lily. And I'm Vanessa. And this was the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you have Echo devices, an easy way to listen is just say, Alexa, play Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Plus, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to check out our next episode teaser and drink feature. See if you can guess what our next theme will be. Until next time. Cheers!